You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Thursday show for you. We're going to talk about Florida State coming to the table yesterday and saying, we want a bigger piece of the pie. I don't know if they're going to get it. Do they deserve it? It's debatable. We'll talk about it. Ronald Acuna is going to do something this season, barring injury, that's never been done in Major League Baseball history before. I feel like I'm saying that about a lot of players this year that are doing something that's never been done before. Basically, every time Shohei Otani steps to the plate or throws a a bullpen session, I feel like he's breaking a record. And then there's more on Northwestern as a former defensive coordinator speaks out and defends the program with a quote that probably he shouldn't have said. And we'll get to all that momentarily. So let's start in college football. We talked about this yesterday. It is starting to become crazy with conference realignment. You know, we talk about the transfer portal, about players transferring at the drop of a hat now. Man, these teams and these programs are transferring at the drop of a hat. We all know about Colorado is going to the Big 12 next year. And I've told you the rumors now are Oregon and Washington are in discussions with the Big Ten. Then it came out the other day that so is Florida State and Clemson. Well, Florida State came out yesterday and said, right now, ACC schools are $30 million a year per team, per comp, or per school, behind the TV revenue distribution of other college football models and conferences, Big Ten, SEC, Big 12 to be exact. And ACC has recently changed their revenue distribution to reward success on the field in football and basketball. So like if you play better, you will get a higher piece of the pie. And Florida State's been good in both basketball and football, not the best in the conference, but they're definitely in the top tier. But Florida State wants the ACC to reward programs that generate higher television revenue and marketability which is smart of them because that's where they feel they have an advantage. They're Florida State. They're more of a name brand. But the way they're talking, they're basically, this is just their way to get out of it. They don't want to be part of the ACC anymore. They said our goal would be to continue to stay in the ACC, but staying in the ACC under the current situation is hard for us to figure out how we remain competitive unless there were a major change in the revenue distribution within the conference. That has not happened. Those are discussions are ongoing at all times. And then just talking about how big of a brand FSU is. And basically, our name brings more money to the conference than say, oh, I don't know, Virginia. Sorry to pick on Virginia, but, you know, Pitt, Wake Forest. I mean, yeah, it does. It is a bigger name brand. But if you've all signed a contract that says this is how we are going to distribute our revenue within the conference I, I don't know how that they can just say like oh well we don't like it now we think we deserve more it's like of course I'm sure you do <laughs> you know uh, I, I don't know how that's going to happen they they rank third right now in revenue behind Big Ten and SEC and it's not going to change and their television contract with ESPN runs through 2036 but to get out of the league Florida State would have to pay a 120 million dollar exit fee and then go to court to challenge the existing grants of rights, grant of rights, which gives the ACC media rights for its member schools through the length of the contract. No school yet has gone to challenge the grant of rights, which every Power Five conference has. 
Florida State is like trying to find a loophole, basically, in the language of the grant of rights to try and avoid that $120 million fee to get out of the ACC. <clears throat> My prediction, they're going to the Big Ten. I really do think that they are going to end up in the Big Ten with Clemson. And then I think once you have that, then it's another mass exodus of the ACC. I don't know if the ACC has a leg to stand on if Clemson and Florida State are not in the conference anymore. I mean, this is what it's coming to. And I thought it would maybe be three or five years down the road. No, it's going to be by next year. I think these teams are going to move so quick and things are going to change so quickly. Next year, maybe 2025 at the latest, but we're going to have a major shakeup all around college football and these conferences and everything that's happening because money drives everything. We know this. It's why the NIL deals have happened. It's why certain players are going to certain schools. It's basically who's going to give me the most money. And now we can do it legally, even though NIL was not supposed to be, hey, now school can pay you whatever they feel like paying you. It was supposed to be go to that school and you can now make money by having your jersey sell, working a job, doing commercials in your local town. And that's not what the NIL is doing. These big-time schools are just saying, come to our school, we'll pay you a flat fee of a million dollars. Just come play for us. It's basically minor league sports. So until the NCAA determines some sort of leadership role and some sort of committee that oversees all of this, this is the way it's going to be. And it's just going to be absolutely crazy. And the biggest spenders and the programs with the deepest pockets, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Texases, the Ohio States, the Michigans, are going to get the best players every year. It's plain and simple. Why would somebody coming out of high school, especially if they come from not a lot of money, let's just say he Ohio State wants him and so does Virginia Tech. If Ohio State says, we'll pay you a million and a half dollars to come here next year. And Virginia Tech's like, um, you know, we'll give you some, you know, you'll get money for selling your jersey. And we can get you a load, some some commercials here in uh, here in Hokie Land. Ain't happening. He's going to Ohio State. Anybody would. Especially when you're 18 and you're being offered that money. It, it's... Look, I know the people that will sit there and say, oh, my God, these guys are already getting a full scholarship. They don't have to pay for school. Uh, they're so greedy, all oh, this and that. Name me another profession where you are not allowed to make money right when you are of working age. Anybody can make any money in any other profession. Once you're of working age, if you're like the smartest person in the world and as a 16-year-old, you're, you know, you're super smart as a 16-year-old and you're, getting your PhD or whatever. You can become a doctor very early if you're like Doogie Hauser. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? There's no limit. Before the NIL deal, you went to college, and yeah, you had your books and you know room and board paid for, but you weren't allowed to make money. Yet these schools and these conferences were making so much money off you, the labor worker. You were competing in sports. You were going to two-a-days during the summer in the 100 degree heat playing 
15 to 16 football games a year if you made it to the national championship game and not being able to make a dime off it. You think that's fair? The answer is no, it's not. Now, they've gone too extreme by just saying, okay, now we'll just pay you to come to our school. I think that's ridiculous. I was all in favor of NIL. These guys should be making money based off of what they're bringing into the school. They should be getting some sort of cut, some sort of percentage. Should it all be evenly distributed amongst the team? No. You know, the Heisman Trophy winner on Alabama should be making more than the guy who's number 80 on the bench. You know, that's just, that's fair. So what I'm saying is before NIL, you couldn't do any of this. You couldn't make money in college. Teams were getting, you know, suspension. Oh, this kid got, you know, was getting paid for a job he never showed up at during the summer because boosters were just giving him money. Look, plenty of players, even before NIL, were getting money for not doing anything. We know this was going on in college sports. So I'm not saying they didn't get anything. I'm just saying legally they could not. Technically, and I and I think that still only goes for probably the best players, but the guys who were average and the guys who were at the end of the bench, they weren't getting money and hand-me-downs from boosters. That wasn't happening to them. So that's what I mean. It should be they should be making money. You know how much money the school makes and the conference makes if you go to the national championship game or even get to a New Year's Six game or you make the NCAA tournament and then you make the Final Four, how much money that re- that that generates for your school and you get none of it for all these years. Players got nothing. That was wrong. It's always been wrong. So it's it's a get what it's a it's a get it while you can, especially when it comes to football, since we know somebody's football career in the NFL, the average football career is three and a half years. So you got to get it while you can. But the way it's being distributed now, no, I don't agree with. But I, I, I don't agree with it, but I understand it to a certain extent. So this is going to be going on. We're going to be talking about realignment and teams moving conferences and teams leaving conferences or whatever for probably the next year. It's just it's going to be, uh, you know, I think I think in the next couple of weeks we might find out that Oregon and Washington are, have signed on with the Big Ten starting in 2024. And Clemson and Florida State are going to the Big Ten as well or something like that. And Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah are coming to the Big 12. Like, I, Just keep your ears open because it's coming. So let's talk a little baseball. Ronald Acuna Jr., who's going to be the MVP in the National League, barring an injury in the last two months of the season, is there have only been two people in Major League Baseball history who hit 30 or more home runs in a season and stole 50 or more bases. Eric Davis in 1987, excuse me, Eric the Red, 37 home runs, 50 stolen bases. Barry Bonds in 1990, 33 home home runs, 52 stolen bases. Ronald Acuna is about to put up a 30-60, which has never been done before. Because right now he has 24 home runs and 51 stolen bases. He's certainly going to get nine stolen bases in the next two months of the season. And I would believe he can hit six home runs in two months, considering he's had 24 in the first four months. So 
another reason why he's going to win the MVP. Not that team wins matter because we know that Otani's going to win it in the AL and the and the Angels once again struggling. I think they're right around 500 again. It won't matter. He's going to win the MVP. And Mike Trout won it all those years when the Angels were under 500. So I think three of the four years Mike Trout won it MVP, they were under 500. So Otani's going to win it under 500, but the Braves are the best team in the National League. They might be the best team in baseball. And they're still knocking the cover off the ball, hitting home runs at a ridiculous pace. Currently still on pace to set the Major League Baseball record for most home runs in a season. And Acuna's part of that. Leadoff guy with power, speed, and can hit for average. I mean, he's arguably the best player in the National League, and he's going to win the MVP this season, hands down. Like I said, unless he suffers an injury that keeps him out for a month or somehow keeps him out for the rest of the year. Then it's going to be between Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. And that one, I don't know, I, it probably goes to Freeman, but you could really make a strong case from Rookie Betts. The Braves are just, they're a juggernaut offensively. My gosh. A team just, every every night I turn on SportsCenter, that team's hitting three or four home runs every game. And Acuna, third, I mean, if Acuna hits eight home runs in August and eight home runs in September, he's going to be 40-60. We all know 30-60 hasn't happened. Clearly, 40-60 hasn't happened either. But can you imagine if this guy goes 40-60? Hell, he might go 30-70. He only needs 19 stolen bases in two months. He has 51 in four months. Certainly possible. He might go 30-70, 35-70. Whatever it is, he's going to break. The, he's going to go at minimum 30-50. I mean, a minimum 30-60, which has never been done. He is an absolute stud. I love watching him play. And finally, more from the Northwestern football program. Former defensive uh, coordinator and former assistant coach, Mike Hankowitz. He was the defensive coordinator from 08 until 2020. He's defending the program. Had a bunch of social media posts last night. He said that Northwestern had regular individual and group meetings throughout the year with players. They had direct access to head coach Pat Fitzgerald and others around the program, including a sports psychologist and compliance officers and mentors. Said they also had exit interviews when the players left the program that Northwestern faculty members not with Northwestern faculty members that weren't associated with the athletic department, meaning that they felt they could say something that players would feel free to speak their minds about. Well, more people are coming forward, and yet another person is you know, claiming there's hazing. There's also claims of racism and discrimination that's going on in the program as well because um, Hankowitz said Pat Fitzgerald initially had a policy about shorter haircuts that he had carried over from a previous coaching staff, which applied to all players and did not target the black players. He changed the policy after conversations with the players, according to Hankowitz, who noted that a number of the black and Hispanic players increased during his time with the program. He also hired a former player, Demetrius Fields, who is black as a director of player engagement to enhance the players day by day to day experience. But then Hankowitz gave this quote. If hardcore widespread racism existed in the program, why would any black Latino recruits have come to Northwestern? Their hosts on their recruiting visits were our players 
who were free to speak their minds. Okay, that's not a great quote, and it doesn't prove anything. Why would any black Latino players come to Northwestern if there were racists on the team? Well, for that exact reason that you said, their recruiting weekend is only two or three days. It's very easy for the players to not haze these guys when they're not even on the team yet. They're trying to get them on the team. So just because they didn't see racism or any sort of discrimination happening in their two- or three-day trip for their recruiting weekend doesn't mean it couldn't have gone on in the program. I mean, that's just an ignorant take to make. You can hold out for a weekend when a kid's in town. You want them on your team. Then you get them on the team, and then all the hazing begins. So I don't know what Mike Hankowitz knows or what he doesn't know. I mean, obviously, he's a boy. He's boys with Pat Fitzgerald. He was the guy's defensive coordinator for 12 years. I... I, I expect him to stick up for Pat, stick up for the coaches, because I, I I just don't see a coach coming out and say, oh, yeah, you know, we knew about all this. We just let it go. Like, nobody's going to say that. And, yes, it's kind of a he said, he said at this point, but I got to believe that there's going to be somebody that comes out and says, I went to this person or we had nobody to go to, because while Hankowitz is saying there were plenty of people the players could have gone to, the players are saying, no, there wasn't. We had nowhere to go to tell anybody. And if we did, we feared of losing our jobs. So, I mean, the initial investigation did not find that Fitzgerald or other coaches knew of any activities going on. But with nine former players filed lawsuits against the school, you know, alleging the hazing, racial mistreatment, some, you know, we talked about some of the players were forced to participate in rituals that were highly sexualized in nature. Um, Some lawsuits are saying that some assistant coaches did witness the hazing and didn't report it. So, I mean, this again, this isn't going to be settled in a day or two. This is going to drag out for a while. And you're going to have people taking the stand probably if it goes to court. If they did, I mean, I think at some point Northwestern is – I don't I don't I think I said this before. I don't see any way Northwestern lets us get to court. I think they just cut their losses and have a settlement. And anybody involved in suing them gets some sort of monetary fee. No, that doesn't take away the emotional and physical possibly scarring that it did to these players, but it at least it'll be something. And Northwestern does not want this to go to court where players sit up there under oath and start just tagging this program saying all this stuff was going on. And I doubt the coaches want to be part of that either. So I have a feeling this will end up in a settlement. We'll see what it ends up ultimately coming to. But I, if I'm Northwestern, you, you can't have this go to court. Your program will be ruined. Not that it isn't already. I mean, shit. <laughs> Look at how many people are coming after you. It's just... They're 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 going to be a dormant. I mean, like I said, three of the last four years they were one and eight in Big Ten play, so they've been irrelevant. Three of the last four years in the Big Ten. I think this is going to be a really hard sell to get people to come to your program, unless you just do a complete overhaul of 
coaching staff, AD, and just bring a bunch of new people in. Then you can just say, look, this is anything you heard happen before was not under this watch. New new AD, new sports information director, new everybody, new coaches, everybody. We're starting over. That's really the only way you can do it without them falling into Big Ten oblivion for the next five years. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review as well. Also pass it along to your friends. Let them know about it because the more people that know about it, the more downloads we get and the better this becomes for all of us. And college football season is starting up soon. I'm going to be talking a lot more gambling stuff as we head towards the season as I've started doing my research and got a lot of stuff to go over. So anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.